So what do the Dutch champions Volleer Wolves have in common with the South Sydney Rabbitohs? Not sure? Well, they both won their perspective grand finals with four brothers in each side. So, of course, Souths with the Burgess boys and as Volleer Wolves with the Kuipers brothers. I probably pronounced that incorrectly, but either way, if you have a brother in your life who loves International Rugby League, then you need to check in to ChasingRoos.com, the online store for International Rugby League fans. up kangaroo chasers and welcome to another edition of the international podcast for rugby league fans by international rugby league fans i'm your host michael carboni but you can call me carbs as you know and one thing i love about hosting this show is that one week i can interview a childhood hero that you all know like robbie paul and the following week i can learn about a domestic international hero that we all should get to know and my guest today is in that latter category born in toulouse in france His rugby league journey took him to the Netherlands, where he played several seasons for the Amsterdam Cobras. He recently founded the newest Dutch rugby league club, the Zwolleer Wolves, and captained his side to a grand final victory in their first full season. Lori Renak, welcome to the Chasing Kangaroos podcast, my friend. Thanks, Gav. (laughs) Mate, and um, taking some time off, obviously, you've just won a grand final. You're on holidays back home in France. So thanks for taking the time, man. How's the celebrations been over the last week or so? Oh, it's been great. The um, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, on the day we we celebrated with the barbecue organized by the the knights in the Hague already, and then we went back to Zola and had a nice uh, night out with the boys. Beautiful, man. And now our, so, list, our listeners will hear your accent. It's a little bit Dutch. It's a little bit French, and and that's because <laughs> you were born in Toulouse. But you've you've been living in in the Netherlands for a little while. Tell us about tell us uh, like tell us your story. You're from Toulouse. Is that where your rugby league journey began? No, actually not. Tell me about um, it. It's even it's more surprising than than you think. Um, so I was born in Toulouse, and you know my dad played union, uh, so I studied with union as a kid. Yep. And uh, then I moved to Sweden for study. And that's why I met a few guys that played rugby league and created the, the Skåne Crusaders oh, wow. uh, back then. And now they're called the Skåne Stags, the I believe. Stags, yeah. wow. I don't know if you know Paul Briggs. Um, I, have, I've he, never, well, he's, he's, I haven't spoken to Paul. I've heard of Paul and I've, I've followed the Stags over the last couple of years. So I have he's right. been doing some good things over there. Well, yeah. So he got me into rugby league in Sweden. So that's why I started rugby league. And... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that I'm already mind blown. So you're you're from France. You learnt about rugby league in Sweden. What next? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I knew about rugby league yeah. before, but I've never played before yeah. Sweden. Um, and then a few Australian and English guys in Sweden they got me into it. Uh, we won a title over there, which was great. And then I moved to the Netherlands uh, for my first job and stayed there the last uh, seven years. And that's where I started to play uh, with the Cobras first, and then Zola, yeah, like you said. Beautiful man. So you you're over there for work, and you've you, you've stayed there for seven. Is there 
is that where is is Netherlands your home now, or what's your what's your plans for the future? Are you there for good? Are you are you are you officially Dutch now? Uh, I wouldn't say officially Dutch. My Dutch is probably not good enough for that. Yep. <laughs> but um, but I have a girlfriend there like for a while now, and we we live together. Um, my life is pretty much in the Netherlands, uh, so I don't see myself going back to France in the near future. But I wouldn't say I'm against it on the longer term. Um, I might. I don't have a, a specific plan to be honest. So I'll see where I end up. Basically, beautiful man. That's good. That's a good thing about um, you, you European guys. You can sort of move around a fair bit. It's there's no problems. You know, you can always drive home or fly home fairly, fairly quickly for a little holiday if you need to. Unlike us, Aussies. yeah, yeah, exactly. Gosh, yeah, we're stuck here <laughs> unless we want to want to fly a long distance, pretty much. But now that's awesome, man. I can't believe I wasn't expecting to hear that. I kind of expected, you know, maybe you would have played a bit of Union, like Toulouse. Very well-known Union yeah. town. Um, obviously, very very much a bi rugby town now. There's a lot of rugby league in Toulouse. Um, are you following? Yeah, exactly. Are you following yeah. Toulouse Olympic much? Are you? They obviously you're, you're a little local, bit. Yeah, yeah. How do you? Yeah, think, yeah, a little bit. You think, uh, they'll, you think they'll stay up or what this year? I hope so. Uh, they they had a good a good few results recently, so yeah. they've uh, they managed to get off the last place, and now now they should uh, try to win a few more games and stay in. Yeah, mate. So so anyway, <laughs> tell me. We, let's go. Let's. Let's talk about the Netherlands and let's talk about the Cobras. So you began your career over there with the Amsterdam Cobras. Yeah. Um, yes. They were actually, funnily enough, so we've I've recorded, you know, almost 150 episodes of this podcast, but after recording mm-hmm. two or three, uh, the guys from the Amsterdam Cobras reached out to me on, on Instagram. They're probably one of the first, like, international domestic clubs to reach out and you know and say hello and you know we love what you're doing and all that sort of thing so really cool one there they've been probably one of my favorite sides um in the netherlands because of that since then and you were probably playing for yeah, them back then i know you were um one of our one of my friends and colleagues here at chasing kangaroos mike wood i think played halfback yeah. with you guys over there as well and um yeah yeah, yeah. he told yeah, me together. he told me to remind me of a little story of him uh he said he forgets which game it was. Sure, it was important. He threw a beautiful pass to you, and uh, you knocked on just before the line. And I, and I said you'd probably remember it differently, but he, he asked me to remind you of that. He said it was a beautiful pass. No, it's, it's 100% true. It was exactly like this. Oh, talking. wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, And And I, I seem to remember I had uh, a couple of more that game. Like, oh, yeah. It was terrible. One of those games. But that, that specific goal, I have a very uh, vivid memory of it because uh, he's throwing a miss pass on the left-hand side. And I'm five meters from the line on the wing. I just had to catch and dive, basically. There you go. So Mike, and I forgot the catching pass. Mike's the, the telling the pass. Mike's telling the truth. Excellent. Who yeah, would have, who would have yeah. thought? Man, how how long <laughs> how long were you at the um? How long were you playing with the Coppers? Um, I think it was in 2016 that I played my first season with him. Yeah. It's again back to Sweden. It's a guy called Eden Clayton, the English guy that I played with in Sweden that was playing with the Cobras that year called me and said, well, if you want to play league, you can come here because I didn't know league was in the Netherlands at the time. Yeah. And so I started, yeah, 2016, I think, until uh, 2018, probably, or 19. Probably the just, year before be- COVID. just before the, COVID, yeah. 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 And you would have won a grand final or two with the Cobras as well, so you're familiar to winning grand finals over there. Yeah, yeah, well, except that so the 2018 season, we the Cobras became champion, uh, but I was away on holiday f- uh, for the final. Oh no! For the grand final. 
yeah. So that was a bit of a shame. So I was part of the squad and won uh, multiple games in the semi-final, but then uh, missed out on the grand final. Yeah, wow. Okay. But I mean, luckily they they did it without me, so that was all right. Yeah, beautiful. Wait, probably would have won by more with you there, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and so you um, you started as Volley Wolves a couple of years ago now, and yeah. you mentioned COVID. It sort of was, you know, you had, it was probably a late start, later than expected start. But tell us a little bit about, like, I'm really interested to hear always the story of, you know, someone that's starting a club from scratch. So tell us why, when, where, how, what's what's this Volley Wolf story? Well, it, it, it's a lot thanks to the Cobras, to be honest. Because um, I, I play there and then throughout the, so there was three or four seasons I played with the Cobras. Yeah. And I would bring some of those Volley Union boys to play with me. Like I'd say in Volley, I was like, oh, come on, boys, that's like big fun and play i'm playing with a good bunch of guys at the cobras and then every year one two three guys would join and by the end we had i think uh maybe nine guys that had played league over the last two three years with the cobras from zola i mean okay and the uh the board of the union club in zola which i'm also part of yeah. part of the club uh they told me like, when do you think is enough? And then we can go for a club here, a league club in Zola, because we have an Australian guy in the in the club in Zola who's also keen on league and uh, was keen on the idea of creating our own club. Um, and so in 20, end of 2019, I think, um, we said, well, we have about 10 guys that understand a bit of league. Let's uh, let's go for it. Beautiful, man. And then we created, yeah, created the club. Obviously, COVID came, so we couldn't, train or do much but we still uh joined the nines last year yep which was really good uh also a lot of i was surprised a lot of new guys with union boys that had never played league with the cobras joined that nice tournament so that was great uh so even more new guys came into the sports and and this year we had everyone and i saw the connection with the union club obviously makes a lot of sense i know you guys share a ground a training ground a, a playing ground yeah probably share a few players and, and other resources as well. Yeah. Man, and that's, I love that because it's, be- it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's growth of the game in an, in an organic sense. Like we always talk about, you know, having teams in Toronto or should we have a team in Perth or, you know, what do we, what, what do we do there? But the way you've, the way I guess this has grown has been very organic. Obviously you've got, you know, plenty of guys playing for the Cobras and, and it would have taken, I guess. How, I mean, how long does it would it take you to get to training when you were living in Zvolle and playing in Amsterdam? It would have been maybe an hour or so, I'm guessing. Yeah, a bit more than an hour. So, the the midweek training I would not join, but it was uh, the Cobras had a Saturday training uh, back then. I think they still do actually. But um, so I would join that and then have a couple of beers with the guys and then either stay in Amsterdam for the night or drive back or, or take a train back to Zvolle. So when when you told the Cobras guys, look, I'm um I'm starting my own club and I'm taking nine boys with me, how did how did that go down? How how did they how did they respond uh, to that? <laughs> well, it was uh, I told Dan Dan van Rossum, uh, <laughs> yeah, whom you probably know, uh, and he was well he was really positive. He wants to grow the sport, so he was really positive about it, and he That's helped beautiful. me with a few sessions in Zola as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, obviously, I was a bit worried that we would. That the Cobras would struggle the year after um, because we had not nine because nine that was over a few years but maybe five guys that played the last season with the Cobras. Yep. 
and that's kind of a lot for um, a club with 20, 25 guys. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, they did great this year. They um, they managed to go to the semi-final. We beat them in the semi-final, and then they just lost the uh, the third place final. Yeah, that was a close one against um, Rotterdam, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But so uh, no, no hard feelings at all from Dan. Well, not that he told me, at least. Yeah, that's well. Look, and they seem to have recovered. <laughs> so they built up, obviously built up some players. You guys built up some players, and and like you said, yeah. for, for Dan, like it's growing the game. So. That's fantastic. Any any heat, or was it? You know, is it kind of like a real local derby when you guys played played each other this year? Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, so because we all know each other. Well, we all like a lot of us since we'll know a lot of boys in in Amsterdam, even though they've had a few new guys and we have a few other guys. But it's uh, it's really fun. So when you you know when you start like, when you started the club, um, obviously building things up, ready to go relationship with the the Zvolle rugby union club as well and then covid hits was was that was that difficult in that you know you had all this momentum and then it suddenly stopped or did it maybe give you guys a chance to slow things down take a bit of time and and build things up again for when you would eventually start again as sort of in between i would say well there's a bit of both yeah um because yeah, we had the momentum of creating it and talking a lot about it in the union club and getting a lot of guys interested, and then we lost a bit of momentum there. But at the same time, I think it was in March that the the COVID really started, yeah. uh, twenty twenty, and this, we would have started to train around end of March or April. So it's not like they stopped us completely. It was not well, uh, and then. The nines last year helped us a lot. I think that was great because we could train a bit before and have a sort of easing into the into the, the league game for a lot of guys. Yeah, it's actually and probably and this year we yeah. Sorry, go on. No, no, I was going to say it was probably a perfect build up. So you know you yeah yeah nines, exactly nines. You obviously don't need as many players in the squad. You can get a taste for it, and then gradually yeah. build for. For thirteens, which is which is pretty fantastic. How did how did you guys go in the nines tournament last year? For anyone who doesn't know, pretty well. Yeah, um, I can't remember where we ended up, honestly. I, but not last, yeah, not first either. We won a few games and and played some good rugby, uh, which was the the whole point. Like it, it really was building and and getting guys to know rugby league. Yeah, and you certainly. So had, that was all. Uh, was all good. You had some talent as well. I've um, I've interviewed before an ex-teammate of yours, Joran Schoenmaker, who um, yeah. I think playing rugby union in Japan at the moment. So you probably missed him this season, but obviously, yeah. you know, still won the grand final without him there. But well, uh, so yeah, we didn't miss him that much. You don't miss him that much, exactly. I'm sure he'd hate to hear that. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure you'd love to have him back as well. But um, the yeah, obviously in the. I guess the build-up, you started the club, you had a, a long break without playing anything because of COVID, a little bit of nines. Yeah. And your next taste of 13s was the Euro D Championship. So you ended up representing <laughs> the Netherlands, which I assume you can do um, on residency, right? So you've been living there for seven years, yeah. so you qualify. Were you surprised by that? How did? How, tell us about that that little journey. The selection, you mean? Yeah. Or... yeah, well, the whole thing, you know, the selection, the actual tournament in Turkey, winning winning the tournament, and... Yeah. Um, the, 
my involvement started the I think a year and a half before I was invited to a training camp, even though I was not eligible yet. Yeah. So I could join. That was great from the from the coaches uh, of the national team. They sort of had an eye on me already and said, "Well, you can't play yet, but let's let's get you into the environment." Um, so that was great. And then a year after, I played against Germany, a friendly game. And then the year after was well, last year in Turkey. Um, and that was great. It was the, one of my, well, probably my best memory in rugby, well, together with the, the title this year, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, but whole, the whole preparation, how we really worked hard with the team and the whole point, well, the whole message and the, our sort of motto was we'll be the hardest working team, which we, which we were. And we sort of went in as underdogs with the Netherlands in, uh, in Turkey. Because we're saying, well, probably a bit less talent than Malta boys can have, or the Czech or the Turkish, but we'll work harder, um, which is what we did, and that paid off. Uh, and the week was amazing, the whole, well, the whole thing, really. It's beautiful, man. It's really interesting. I always, yeah. I always think, you know, how do you prepare for a tournament like that? It's not like in, you know, the in the NRL or in, you know, when Australia plays New Zealand or in a World Cup, you sort of you watch players every week and you can watch tape on them and you can study them and you know who you're coming up against but when you're you know on your way to to turkey and you don't know what the maltese guys are like are they going to have heritage players from australia are they all based in malta how good are the turkish players you may have heard about them but you haven't ever seen anything you know any footage on them at all same same yeah and then you you have you have some boys that are going at it and then sort of hunting for footage and, and checking stuff and they're like, oh shit, the Turkish are, are massive boys and they're going to smash us in the pools and shit. And then, like, well, yeah, but we don't know. Like, we'll just see when we're there, basically. And then you went out and took out the whole tournament, with, tournament which is fantastic. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah. it means you guys qualify for Euro B next year. So you're going to be up against yeah. some serious competition. Do you think yes. you're obviously planning on making that squad as well yeah 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 we are uh, i'm missing training camp is today and it was yesterday and today so i'm missing that but i can join i'll join the sessions uh, the training sessions next month and then uh, hopefully selected for the friendlies we have coming up this year yep. and then staying in the team until uh, until next year yeah Good. that's uh that will be a really big one yeah yeah, that's awesome. It's going to be a good test for you guys. You've won a lot of games. I mean, I don't think Netherlands have lost any games for a few years now, but um, yeah, you know, it's a, definitely a step up in terms of the competition that you guys are used to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see, and I think you guys will do okay. So that's awesome. So, man, yeah, you, you, you came back. COVID, it's still going, but it's not quite over. But it's you can play. Things are kind of going back to normal, and we've got a season. Yeah. Tell us about the first ever season of full rugby league for the Zvolle Wolves? Well, we started uh, started training a bit um, like a month and a half before the first game. Because uh, a lot of us play union, so in terms of fitness and contact preparation, we, it wasn't too much of an issue for us. Yep. Uh, we just had to get the boys to understand league. And that was the main point. Like, how do you play? And start really basic. It was, how do you play the ball? It was... Yep. A few of us, uh, a few of the, our boys, never played the ball before. And how do you play the ball? How do you tackle? What's a marker? What should what should they do? 
how do you defend where and all of that stuff. So we went over all of that basically, and uh, we had a, an English guy, uh, Paul Petit, who's happened to be around at the time, uh, who's a full-on hundred percent league guy, a bit older, and he coached us basically, and helped us a lot getting through that league while well, getting into league men- mentality. And uh, then we had a friendly against the Dolphins a couple of weeks before the start of the season. Which is, again, great to get a first taste of setting aside, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we won that, I think. Well, we didn't, didn't really keep score, but it was a good game. Uh, and then hit the season. And that uh, obviously went pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But tough at times... Uh, we won against Dolphins in the first game, then the, we had the, the Cobras game four days after, because we played on a Wednesday night in Amsterdam. It was a very, very tough game. Um, ended up on a draw, uh, and we could have taken the two points right before the end, but didn't think about it, because we, well, we completely gassed out and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. forgot about it. And then our coach was, was pretty mad, was screaming on the side, saying, take the two, and nobody heard him. Uh, <laughs> So we don't take the two and we end up on a draw. Uh, then we win against Rotterdam, then go to the Hague and uh, get us absolutely kicked in the first half. It was the worst half we played in the season. Uh, it was something like 32 nil by halftime. Yeah. And and then we played the best second half we've had the whole season against them. And that gave us a lot of confidence. Like the that second half against the Hague over there, I think it helped us win the final in the end because we... The week before the final, that's what we focused on. We said, if we play 80 minutes like we did in that second half, we'll beat them. And we, we have it in our in, in ourselves to beat them. We just need to play a full game instead of waking up after 40 minutes. Yeah, and, and you did it. And, um, well, you were leading, yeah. you were yeah, leading yeah. at halftime this time. It was sort of the other way around. Yeah. You guys had a great lead at halftime in the grand final. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Den Hug came back. And I, I believe it was a last-minute try which sealed the deal for for you boys. Yeah, yeah, it was it was terrible on the field. It was we went front <laughs> we were in front and getting tired and the the knights had some big boys that were making meters every time, winning the contact every time and we would had sets where we would yeah, just run back the whole time. And then we have to run it back and we don't make meters and then they get the ball back and they put us under a lot of pressure and score and then next well, we kick off and it starts again. And that was, I don't know, sort of middle of the second half. Uh, they scored three tries in a row like this. Yeah, wow. And then the two points in front and it's three minutes to play. And we're under the post and thinking, shit, this is, no, this is not good. Uh, but we have one last chance, so we, we have to go for it. And then uh, three minutes to play and we managed to score uh, 15 seconds before the end. Wow. Take me through it. What, <laughs> what sort of try was it? Um, so we kick off, they get, uh, they get the ball for a set, they, we have a penalty for high tackle, uh, they kick it to touch and don't make it out, and then we know that it's our last chance, that we, our fullback catches the ball, uh, because it doesn't go out, and then runs it back, and we think, well, this is it, like, either we score on that set of six, or, or, well, yeah, we lose. Yeah. Uh, we get to the line. Uh, and I know there's a overlap on the left, and I scream to my hooker like, "Let's go left!" But my center 
plays on the right and screaming harder than I am, gets the ball and crosses the line. I love it. I love it. So good on him, uh, Mike. He uh, he's managed to scream harder than I did, got the ball and scored. Yeah, yeah. So it almost went your way, but it you know went the other way, and it's yeah. it's all good because you won. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's awesome, man. And um, I love that because you know we. Chasing Kangaroos sponsor the we sponsor the um the referees over there. So I follow your competition very closely, and I was yeah. you know, I saw that you know you guys and and Haig were on top of the table for the first few rounds. So when that matchup you spoke about happened, I was I thought okay this is going to be a good test to see who's going to win the grand final, and then mm-hmm. Haig beat you guys convincingly as you, as you mentioned, but. I didn't realize that that comeback in the second half was probably the turning point of your season. You know, the belief was obviously yeah. there, and you guys went all the way, which is which is you know incredible. You don't hear of many teams that you know are playing their first season, winning a grand final. So I guess. Well, yeah. Somebody mentioning Zola is like, has it ever happened? I don't know. Like. Maybe we broke a record or something. We'll have to double check that. I'm sure it's happened somewhere. The the, the Melbourne Storm won in their second season here in Australia, um, but it has well, to be better. Have to, <laughs> that is better. It has to have happened somewhere. But but I guess yeah. the question is, you win your grand final in your first season. Like what what's the goal for for next season? Where do you go to from here? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, well, I think I know. It, it's. It's the same goal. Like my goal is to make a sustainable team, basically, and that that if we if we had won or not, the season was already a success in reaching the grand final. Yeah. And the point was always um, the first year we build, well, the first few years we build uh, to get to a sustainable club that doesn't struggle with players. Yeah. And have enough boys that like league and that they come back to it and that they're not just union boys coming for a season and then leaving. And uh, hopefully getting some kids interested as well so that uh, we can have a few young kids coming up and that they will stay for, for a long time playing league. Yeah, beautiful. Cool. And that will be the objective, yeah. And obviously winning again. Yeah. <laughs> but that if we do it right, we'll have a chance again next year. What, is, what do you think the turnaround will be in terms of players that stick around from last season to next season? Do you think, you know, winning the grand final, everyone will want to come back? I think so. Yeah. I don't. I don't see many. We have, yeah, maybe a couple of guys that are a bit older and that they will not want to commit for because most of them play union as well and it yeah. makes a very long season. Yeah. So I expect that a couple of older guys will say, "Well, yeah, I'll I'll skip that one because I need the two month recovery." Um, but apart from a couple of those, I think everybody will be fired up to come back and 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 win it again. Yeah. yeah beautiful. And I've heard already from. Um, someone's brother who came to watch the final and he's playing Union somewhere else. He's like, yeah, next year, I'll, I'll come with you guys. I'll play again. I'll play. Uh, and a couple of guys from the Union club that saw us win will be thinking, shit, like, why did I not join this year? I'll, I'll join next year for sure. Yeah, that's great. That is actually really awesome. That's the way to do it. So, especially yeah. over there. And it's obviously, you know, the we, we talk about it a fair bit on this show, but there are... And as as Aussies or a lot of Australians or Englishmen or Kiwis listening to this show, we know that there's a bit of a rugby rivalry between the two codes, but there are many places around the world, and we say it all the time, there are many places where that actually doesn't really exist. And, and the Netherlands seems to be one of those places where you can 
you can play yeah. both codes and and everyone gets along. Yeah, yeah, but I also hope that we have a few guys that only play league. Yeah, uh, because it's also nice to have them, those real guys that know how to play properly, how to play league, and they don't care about you know, and they're just there to play league for these three months uh, of the year. Yeah, and we have a couple of players like that already. Yeah. Two guys from uh, Papua New Guinea. Oh really? You got some puppy players yeah. in there. That's great. Yeah, guys. Um, one of them arrived in the Netherlands recently, so uh, he just and he's driving an hour and a half for every training. He, the guy is he's amazing. Uh, and the other one is Benji, and he's selected for the Dutch national team as well because he's been here for since he's eighteen. Yeah, wow. Um, and I hope that winning the the championship will make a bit of noise around, and we can catch a few of those. Um, only league players because it's it's great to have them. It is good to have. It. Well, firstly, you need to be careful yeah. that Papua New Guinean guy who's driving an hour and a half away for training. That's where the next club's going to be. He's going to start the next club an hour and a half yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. So just be careful of him. But um, but, yeah. But yeah, uh, right. if he wants to, I'll help him. Yeah, it's, good. I, well, that's the there's no problem. <laughs> where's he from? You know where? What? Is, where's he from? Because we're going to predict the next expansion side. Where's he from? Uh, he's from Nijmegen. Nineha. All right. Yeah. Next, next club will be the Nineha Dragons. I'm calling it now. That's my prediction. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but the other thing, and you, you've hit the nail on the head about having some league players. I spoke to some of the guys from South African Rugby League a few years ago, and they were, they were saying they were talking about the importance of that. That every, you know, in the early days of South African Rugby League, they would have to, you know, train the rugby union boys up on how to play, and they would forget. Yeah. Games were very slow in the first at the start because players would forget. Oh yeah, we have to play the ball. Oh, this is how you tackle, and it was just all those little things that rugby league players yeah. don't think about. They just do. But he said that after a few seasons, you had rugby league guys playing. It wasn't union guys playing league in the off season, and that's when you know the game started to open up and flow, and and it was much better. So it is good to have those guys around, and it's good that you've you're building that up. So. That's um, awesome to hear, mate. I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, no, it, 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 I would love it if we can find a few more guys. That that would be great. Yeah, well, hopefully there's some listening and they can uh, they can maybe reach out to you. So that's uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah, they can reach out to you and then you send them to me. Always, man. Always happy to help. Well, yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> um, congratulations on the grand final and and what has been an interesting, you know, little rugby league career. Like, you know, being born in south of france which is a rugby league heartland of sorts but not really playing until you move to sweden like that still blows my mind so what an incredible what an incredible little journey yeah it was fun and uh and i'll keep on uh i'll keep on playing league that's for sure love it man all right well mate congratulations and and thanks for taking thanks. time out of your little holiday and uh laurie Renier, no worries yeah thanks for chasing kangaroos with me